I might take another coffee actually. You're gonna take another coffee? Should we probably do some yes, more? We have a camera. Bonjour everyone! Welcome to another episode of Presque Parisien. I'm your co-host Dilara, joined by your other co-host Kelly. Hello everyone. Today me and Delara are sitting in a cafe near the Bastille which goes quite well with our theme and our topic for today. Mm -hmm. um, this little bar is called uh, Paradis du Fui and it's a little juice bar and it serves desserts and coffees and it's like a, quite a retro little cafe. It's um, very cool, lovely little cafe and that's where we're recording today. What we're going to talk about is, well, we're going to ask the question, why does it seem like the French always go on strike and why do they protest? So it's impossible to separate these two topics as one is quite often followed by the other. Mm -hmm. um, there are many stereotypes about the French and their propensity to strike. It's been said it's maybe because of like a lousy work ethic and maybe a measure of like self-importance. But of course, as with all stereotypes, these are blatantly false. Yes, indeed. And we want to explore actually where these stereotypes come from and the perception of France and the attitude to striking, protesting and the impact of people living in Paris. Uh, strikes, riots, revolts have been happening since the 13th century. We will be providing a brief uh, historical context on this. However, we will be looking at it from a more modern viewpoint, moving from uh, 1968 and onwards. Okay, let's get into it then, Kelly. Why is the French famously known for striking? According to one contemporary French politician and a political theorist, his name is Régis Debré, mm -hmm. um, the French have a republican right to protest. And so to understand exactly what he means by this, it's first kind of necessary to consider what republican actually yeah. means to the French. So Debré describes a republic as a quote-unquote democracy plus so where a democracy is made up of people, a republic is made up of citizens. So not only people, but people with certain rights and yeah. responsibilities. So the idea that the citizen has responsibility to participate in public forums, that essentially requires the French citizens to speak up when they're unhappy. And given like the violent nature and birth of the First Republic, which was back in like 1789, mm -hmm. um, it's not surprising that the French take to the streets even now to show their displeasure. Mm -hmm. I would even say that it is seen as the duty of a citizen, the right to speak up, as the power sits with the people and not the government. The government is only chosen, the chosen entity to represent the people. This episode is going to be over two parts, Delara. First of all, we're going to um, talk about the strikes and mm -hmm. workers' rights. And for part two, which will be released next week, we will be looking at protests as a separate issue. Charles de Gaulle famously complained that it was impossible to govern a country with 246 different <laughs> kinds of keys. So his successor Emmanuel Macron might frame this question another way and he might say how on earth can you reform a country that has eight trade union federations? <laughs> so to give a bit of context, Britain has just one federation of unions, so does the United States, Spain makes do with two and Germany and Belgium have three each. The rivalry between these federations goes between moderate and militant. Mm -hmm. And this can explain why like strikes like the pension reform, which we'll talk about later, can actually last as long as they do. 
This is funny that you talk about the rivalry because when I was researching for this episode on Google trying to understand how many unions France has, there's like all, almost every single one of them says, oh, we're the first one and we do this better than the others. I was super confused. Yeah, it's such a dense topic to talk mm -hmm. about trade unions, so I'm not going to go into much yeah. more detail than that, <laughs> yeah. um, but we will put some links on here mm -hmm. for you. So why are there so many federations when there are so few French union members? So it's a surprising fact that in France, less than 8% of the workers belong to a union. So 8% is actually the private sector for trade unions and the number for the public sector is actually 18%. Hmm. I think the difference between the public versus private sector participation in unions could be because by joining a union, you may be seen as a problematic employee and it may cause you to become a target for getting fired in the private sector. I mean, uh, it's illegal to do that. You cannot fire someone for being a union member, although some big-ass corporations unfortunately find a way around doing this. One thing I believe that is also essential to mention is that when these strikes are happening, they're mostly happening in the public sector. And they are the ones to cause disruptions in our day-to-day -day lives here. Because unlike many countries, France did not privatize services such as national railway, air traffic, metro. These trade unions tend to take distance from political parties as well. You would know better than me, uh, Kelly, in the UK, the Labour Party came out of the trade union movement, whereas in France that not, that's not the case. And not all strikes that are organised are France are led by the unions. Further to this, the fact that there are so many unions in France, it means that any negotiations to tackle working conditions or pay disputes often result in disagreements from different workers' groups, which means big companies and the government can easily ignore mm -hmm. these groups and actually just plough ahead with the changes anyway. So to have their voices heard, French workers feel the need to create as much media attention as possible and as much disruption as possible. Yeah, and I think this could be related uh, to the fact after World War II, uh, France set up a French social model, which meant that employees and trade unions uh, would negotiate wages and conditions together to ensure job security, and they also ensured like a strong welfare system, including medical, social, pension welfare. Although since the 1990s, this strong welfare is being challenged by the government in France. So May 6 to 8 are the rail and air strikes that come to mind when you think of strikes in France. If you look beyond the cliché of the militant protests and strikes, France really doesn't deserve its reputation as a, as a nation mm -hmm. of lazy strikers at all. There has actually been a dramatic decrease in the disruptive strike action in France in the last decade and a notable decrease since the 1970s. Most strikes now are scheduled to specific days and only last for like 24 hours to minimise like their disruptive nature. Yeah, also Sarkozy, during his presidency, he changed the law on striking. So in July 2009, he passed a law forcing public services to keep a minimum service during strikes so that, and I quote, people would not feel the strikes. That like five seconds of the time he said that is actually all over internet and has been judged a lot that video when he announced it with so much pleasure in his face. Um, this is still the case, the law is still in place, but we do feel them happening. And in 2012, he passed another law 
uh, for air transportation workers to declare strikes at least 48 hours before, mm. uh, but air traffic controllers were not a part of that group. And now Macron's government, just very recently, like two weeks ago in November, uh, they passed another law saying that air traffic controllers should be included. So they should let people know 48 hours in advance before they go on strike. Okay. And there is a ma major dispute about this right now. So yeah, whether it's Sarkozy or Macron, French government is really pushing more and more laws and bills to minimize strikes, which I personally find problematic. Mm -hmm. Compared to other European countries over the last century, France's strike rate is actually quite average. Um, Spain and Greece, not France, have topped the charts in recent years for strike days per year. Hmm. Things look positive for French in turning around their international image of this negative stereotype, and that was until the most recent transport strike where the world has once again looked in on France and been like, oh my god, the French, mm. you know, there they go striking again. But did you know that France has had a rail strike every year for 72 years since 1947, according to the SNCF? I didn't know, but the number doesn't surprise me at all. Neither. <laughs> it's a part of our daily life. It is, yeah. Yeah, but you just like mentioned the negative stereotype, and I believe you mentioned that for related to laziness, right? Mm -hmm. Not for striking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's important to mention there's also that perspective that exists here. People frowning upon strikes, and I'm talking about like French people. I don't get to meet these people regularly, but whenever I do, I get into ar arguments with them. Because uh, when strikes touch the public's personal interest, like striking through, through Christmas period, people get really annoyed. Mm. Well, yep. I think, this is again my personal opinion, but that's the entire aim of a strike. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, how are they going to be able to make a disruption and make themselves heard, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like they want to do this either, like mind you, when you go on strike, you're not being paid. Mm -hmm. And it's how lot of money you lose in your monthly salary. Mm -hmm. uh, we spent a lot of time commuting almost four hours a day to get to work, being impacted by these strikes at an average of like once a week, I would say. Mm -hmm. Those were crazy times before yeah. COVID. Uh -huh. Did it suck for us? Yes. But would we take the stand of criticizing strikes? I personally wouldn't. I grew up in 1980s Scotland and my dad was a coal miner and he took part in the UK miners strike between 1984 and 1985. The strike was in opposition to Thatcher's government closing down coal mines all over the UK and putting potentially 20,000 miners out of work. Wow. Its main aim though was to de-unionise and de-nationalise the UK forever and the government called the striking miners at that time the enemy within. Mm. So they were completely against any sort of um, industrial action. Um, the miners union had previously won against Edward Heath's government in, mm -hmm. the, in the 70s. Just within a matter of months they had won all of their conditions and they thought that this strike would actually be the same, but this strike lasted a full year. Oh wow. So I'm going to put a link to like a, a lovely website that talks about the history of strikes and the eventual collapse of heavy industry in Scotland. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into it too much here. But I was very young when this happened and I have been told of the hardship that mine and many other families had faced during the strikes. And I am so proud of my dad for fighting for mm. what was at the time a greater good, despite that hardship. 
So here and now, I have nothing but the utmost respect for workers who go on strike to improve their working conditions, to ask for better pay, to stand up and say that the government is making the wrong decision, either here in France or in the UK. Yeah, me too. And I'm also like very proud for you and your family. Uh, talking about being proud and minor strikes, which made me think, did you see the 2014 movie uh, Pride that talks about the lesbian and gay movement joining the minors uh, in striking? It's, um, I don't know, it's a really, really heartwarming movie. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend you to do so. You know, I, I've heard of this movie and I can picture the cover or, or like the poster yeah. of it, um, but I never saw it. If it's feel good, I'll check it out. Okay, since we're talking about strikes, let's talk about the famous, some of the famous strikes that happened in the modern French history. Uh, and obviously we're going to have to start with 1968. So actually it started as a protest, a student protest, with left-thinker student groups protesting about university funding, capitalism, consumerism, American imperialism and traditional institutions. I'm pretty sure their list was longer. Yeah, it's like it's like the greatest hits, right? <laughs> I know the checklist. I tried to complete the checklist with the most used terminology. Uh, but yeah, they were basically asking for Chaldeau's government for social changes. Okay. The response was very heavy-handed by the police forces, up to the point of university building occupations. So when the police violence increases, the sympathy from the public also increases, right? So that's what sparked the support from the people early on. So the unions in France declared a, a sympathy strike for like a day just at the beginning. And this was the largest in France's history, which absolutely paralyzed the country as workers and students just took to the streets. There was like a record nine million people on strike, which is down tools. Wow. And it was an absolute turning point in the country's history. Mm. Um, the period of civil un unrest like that occurred throughout France at this time, it was like seven weeks of demonstrations, general strikes, as you say, the occupation of the universities yeah. and the factories. At the height of the events, mm -hmm. um, the economy of France came to a complete halt. So the protests reached a point that made political leaders fear like a, a, a civil war or some mm -hmm. kind of revolution, you know? The national government um, briefly ceased to function. Um, Charles de Gaulle like fled France, and he <laughs> ended up in Germany. Um, and the protests like inspired like a generation of like protest art and form of songs, graffiti, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. This movement was like really characterised by like spontaneous sort of strikes, yeah. known as like wildcat strikes, which are strikes that are not union approved. This created contrast, and at times even conflict among the trade unions and left leftist parties, mm -hmm. the sort of conflict I was talking about at the top of the episode. Yeah. Um, it was the largest general strike ever attempted in France and it was the first nationwide wildcat general strike. This is really one of my favourite revolt, revolts within the modern French history. Can I, can I just interrupt and say it says a lot about you that you have a favourite revolt in French history. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I have a long list. <laughs> <laughs> but even like during the Gezi Park protests in Turkey, we used many of the slogans that were used uh, in this revolution. So one is Il est interdit d'interdire, which means uh, it's forbidden to forbid. And the other one is Sous les pavés, la plage, which means beneath the paving stones, there is the beach. Okay. Uh, so this meant the right to break the cobbles on the street to build barricades. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it comes from the way of thinking like if the government that I'm paying my taxes to is not serving me right, if the security forces whose salaries are being paid by my taxes as well mm -hmm. are not protecting me but instead attacking me, mm -hmm. then I use my right to defend myself by building barricades, by destroying uh, public... Anyway, this is a way of thinking and a, a slogan that we used. Uh, but I believe, like many left-thinking French people, I do tend to romanticize this moment. Mm -hmm. Moment. Moving on from 1968, what was the next biggest strike to mm -hmm. hit France? And that was actually happened in 1995. There was a mass walkout over pension and social security reform, and it was the biggest period of unrest mm -hmm. since 1968. So Ali Juppé was then the Prime Minister of Jacques Chirac's presidency. Mm -hmm. Jacques Chirac had just been elected and Alain Juppé had proposed welfare mm -hmm. cuts, pay freezes and it was known as the Juppé plan. Mm -hmm. There was also a student movement against threats of women's rights and abortion during this time mm -hmm. as well and it also included changes to the retirement for the age of the SNCF workers and the loss of jobs across like the sector with absolutely no negotiation. Yeah, and to give a little bit of more political context of this, François Mitterrand was the president, he was the socialist, uh, he was coming from a socialist party and he was voted out and Jacques Chirac was chosen, who's from the right wing. But the only reason he was elected was because of his program called La Fracture Sociale. Mm -hmm. So he promised to change uh, the social structure to avoid the rich getting richer and poor getting poorer. Mm -hmm. And then, as just you mentioned, Alain Juppé, his prime minister, comes in and cuts allocations which were impacting even the homeless, mm -hmm. immigrants mm -hmm. and the unemployed. Mm -hmm. yep. I know it sounds really ironic for the unemployed to go on strike, but they did take the, like, the streets. Obviously they were not striking, but they were protesting and joining the strikers. Yeah. Um, overall, these strikes like completely paralyzed the SNCF as well, the, the RATP. And actually, there was loads of public support yeah. for these uh, strikers, um, to the point where people were like hitchhiking to work. You know, they were yeah. cycling to work before it became a thing. You know, those cycle lanes I talked about <laughs> last episode. Um, but after like two months of this civil unrest um, mm -hmm. with um, Alain Juppé, he decided to eventually withdraw that pension loan. So he was beaten by the strikers. Yeah, it was a successful strike. This one. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit to March 2010. It was now the turn of Francois Fillon to also face the wrath of French workers because he, as a Prime Minister, he wanted to increase the age of retirement from age 60 to 62. So several million private public sector workers took to the streets and this time he did not back down. And yeah. that change and that increase of the retirement age was actually successful this time. So this is all sounding quite familiar. Because yeah. fast forward again to this year, 2023, we have had so many strikes happening in France mm -hmm. right now about Macron. It's his turn now to try and reform the retirement, change the retirement age, and mm -hmm. people have been out striking en masse this whole year. Yeah, and I think this made uh, worldwide news and got so many people confused about why the protesters are so angry at a reasonable increase uh, for the age of retirement. I think it's important to mention there are underlying factors to this. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it wasn't just an unreasonable anger. First of all, the pension reforms have been a major reason to, for protests, as you explained, yeah. overall in the history of France since the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That being said, Macron's government is being criticized as they're pushing more and more neoliberal laws that make the rich richer mm -hmm. and the poor poorer. He's criticized for reducing taxes on multi-billion worth large, large companies mm. and increasing the age of retirement to compensate for the economy. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, the impacted majority is not the rich, yeah. as they can unofficially retire at any age. Another criticization comes down to the fact that Macron's government was chosen by default. This is his second presidency. He was not chosen because people voted for his mandate, but because people didn't want Marine Le Pen to win. Mm. So he doesn't fully represent the population, and his party doesn't even have the majority in the parliament. That's why his government keeps using the constitutional power, known as Article 49.3, to push reforms through the parliament without a vote. That's outright against democracy, and that's why these protests were mainly popular amongst the French, uh, as they were not just protesting the reform, but the government's undemocratic way of leading the country. And yes, they used 49.3 again to pass the pension reform. It was never voted, and it unfortunately passed this year. So although these protests and um, grève may create like, inconvenience for French people as a whole, a large proportion of the public are often supporting the strikers, like we talked about this already, mm -hmm. and that's because the strikes are seen as a necessary evil for going ahead and improving the greater good, etc. Routinely, strikes are run simultaneously and followed mm -hmm. up by negotiations, and whether those negotiations are effective or not, depending on how many federations are involved in them. Um, the strikes and protests may sometimes become militant, but overall, the strikes are viewed generally as a necessary part of working life. Yeah. So, Delara, do we have a quote today? Yes, and it's from Voltaire, who was famously uh, imprisoned in the Bastille prison mm -hmm. before it was demolished, so I thought it was appropriate to choose a quote from him. Yeah. He said, in France, every man is either an animal or a hammer. He's a beater or must be beaten. What do you think of this rough one? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I, I like this. I like this. Mm -hmm. uh, this uh, analogy. This imagery of like you know the, the the anvil, the strength of the anvil. Yes, it's very evocative of what we're talking about. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that's it for today. Uh, next week, in the second part of this double episode, we will continue talking about the protest culture, which we have already touched on with the retirement reform controversy. We will discuss the Gilets Jaunes movement, police power and presence in the city as well as in the suburbs. So don't forget to join us next week. And as always, if you would like to send us any feedback or ask us any questions, you're welcome to follow us on Instagram or send us an email, which you'll find in our show notes. Thank you so much to everyone who so far has given us feedback. Don't forget to rate us on the platform where you find your podcast. It's very much appreciated. And we will see you again next week. Au revoir. Ciao.